Last night, Andre was our Wobble Palace correspondent. Yeah, it was in a movie theater in the East Village. It was like part of a film festival. It was the New York premiere. Um, the movie itself was like very mumblecore, like almost nothing happened in it. Um, it's about what? People in an open I, relationship? Or? Kind of, I would say it's about like millennials in an open relationship. Very funny. It had a lot of funny, funny moments in it. Dasha, you, Dasha is naked in several scenes. How naked? <laughs> like completely naked. Completely naked? Yeah. Um, I can see why Mr. Skin did some screen grabs. It was <laughs> I feel like the Mr. Skin was like side butt or oh, yeah, no, this real was like, naked. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, her character's like having sex with like five different guys in the movie. Like, so there, there are multiple scenes. So if only that. No, but she's actually also a very good actress. I, I was impressed with Dasha. Um, she... Like s most of the actors were relatively good. Some of them were a little stiff, but Dasha clearly is a very charismatic person and, and was the best actor in the movie. Yeah. Did she play a character that was different than herself? Or? No, not really. She basically played herself. She's, she's like good move, kind of sad, hot, kind of smart, creative, manipulative. Like, did you, were you able to pick out like the Soylent apartment? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, that they filmed it there. Is that, uh, maybe that is it. It was, there also is a, there also is a, oh, you know what? Actually, no, I know what it was. There was two, okay, the main apartment was not that. Then there was a scene where where she hooks up with a tech bro that was a nicer apartment. And that I was think the that was the apartment. Yeah. Oh, shit, mind blown right now. We're here again. It's, it's another early morning episode. Uh, this is like when uh, Benjamin Witty's on the Lawfare uh, podcast records an emergency podcast. If like <laughs> Paul Manafort, Cannon, baby. like <laughs> made a phone call to like uh, you know Ukrainian customer service, and then the <laughs> Lawfare does <coughs> emergency podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is an emergency podcast for two reasons. Uh, one is uh, Andre saw Wobble Palace last night. Uh, I'm going out of town later, so we have to record this. They dropped uh, an episode. But, but this is an emergency to uh, save Anna's brand, I think is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's this isn't, this is not even about the pod. Let's talk a little Anna Twitter. Anna's in hot water. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, defending her, like, on the streets of Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, she, there was she, the episode that we're going to round up today was about her hot water for her uh, Bourdain takedown 48 hours before he killed himself and then the like syrupy tribute to Bourdain and somewhat syrupy beginning to the podcast about Bourdain and then she was like I gotta I gotta stop saying dumb stuff I gotta stop saying mean stuff on Twitter and then and days she, later <laughs> days later she goes on Twitter and uh, the lavender menace here's my question yeah. to what extent uh, does the way that her tweet blew up the way it did uh, to what extent does that have to do with like their podcast kind of doing well or like them having more attention on sure. them or like, I just feel like they, oh, definitely. this so is the, by the way, for context, uh, at on Patreon, they are up to $3,950 a Damn. month. So that's, that's like 50 K a year. That's legit. They're running yeah. a fucking hot. That's grip. a good segue into the Anthony Bourdain episode. If you guys are ready. Yeah. No sure. walls, so, no hot takes. I love that Anna, like chastened Anna at the beginning of the episode was like, I'm just really sad. And she's like, I kind of got in trouble for my, and it is pretty crazy how dismissive of Bourdain her original tweet was for someone who ultimately really likes him. Like it was not just like this man. I, I really admire is do has this bad aspect. He was like right. perennial adolescent, like, 
idiot, yeah. whatever. So that was funny. I really liked that. Uh, she said she was talking about like suicide statistics and she was like and this statistic comes from the Center Center for Disease Control and it She's was ready. reported on NBC News. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, they said in the episode that they had come they had come prepared to do an episode about suicide, probably about Kate Spade, and then that day Anthony Bourdain died. So in a way it's like a very raw episode in that they're just reacting to the news yeah. that morning of his death. Um which I felt like, you know, Anna says like, sorry guys, I don't have any hot takes. Like I'm actually really upset. I thought that was sweet. That was another, her, her original tweet, as, as Gary said, was just totally pretty much impossible to read as anything, but like completely dismissive of Bourdain. Like, uh, yeah, it really just makes you think like, what is she trying to troll? Like, I don't know because, because actually her meaning, she explained the tweet on the, in the episode and it was about him slaughtering this pig when he said, uh, or, you know, him, him like Rose McGowan uh, yeah. and the sort of anti performative anti veganism. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. The tweet about Anthony Bourdain was inspired by her watching an episode of him like gleefully slaughtering some pig. A crying right. pig in the net. <laughs> a right. crying pig. None of that was in the tweet. And it seemed like it was about people. It was like a per- performative empathy. Like the tweet was the t- mentioned Rose McGowan and veganism, though. Okay, Jeez, it seemed like not enough context for me. It really definitely just like, like a two hundred eighty characters type of tweet. I thought yeah. it was like pretty poorly written, or just like. But it's so funny. Like this is why Anna's funny, though. Yeah. Like, I it's good that somebody's out there. Like I don't know. I wasn't mad at the contradiction or whatever. And I I think uh, you know. I guess I don't think the stakes are that high. Like I think if you are intelligent enough to like observe Anna doing her thing, like it's interesting, it's entertaining, it's stimulating. I just think some people are like. No, like uh, you're mudding the waters with like morally uh, complicated views. It's just like who the fuck cares? Like yeah, I mean, I'm I th- just so it's definitely very it. dorky to point out the contradiction. Yeah, uh, to point out like her criticizing him and then like being into him. Anna was saying, uh, Bourdain uh, spears gleefully spears a pig who's basically pigs are pretty intelligent animals who's like in this net crying protesting. Bourdain spears it and then he's totally remorseless about it and then uh, Meg who had not actually said a word until this point in the podcast I was like is Meg even there for the first five minutes but uh, Meg was there and so she she's like well to that point um, you know uh, Bourdain's like sort of comeback there would be that he's for, for cultural sensitivity reasons, he doesn't want to come into Borneo and tell people that like spearing a pig is bad. And Anna is like, rightfully, I think, impatient with that critique because she's like, no, the point is he's totally remorseless. Like if he wants to go to his confessional with the camera and say, that was intense, I didn't really want to hurt that pig, but I had to or something. But he's just totally remorseless, loves killing animals. He shits on uh, vegans and it's like a tough chef thing. And, you know, I, uh, I'm with Anna on that one. Like, what are you talking about, Meg? There was a funny thing that happened, which is the beginning of the episode, they kind of draw attention to the fact that Anna, a few days earlier, actually Dasha says like, it just was crazy to hear that he died because a few days ago we were shitting on Anthony Bourdain in the train. Like, and so there's at least two transgressions, one shitting on Anthony Bourdain in the train and two, uh, Anna's tweet saying he's like a perennial adolescent or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and then I feel like Anna's vibe is like, no, 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 but I love him. And so she's kind of trying to say, I love him, but she cannot help herself but be a critic. And Are you even saying th- this is your relationship with Meg? <laughs> <laughs> Anna says this other thing too, which is like, um, 
she keeps saying that his remorselessness at killing animals is a defense mechanism. And I was like, what do you guys, did you, what does that mean? I don't remember that. She's like, maybe because he was such a sensitive guy. It was just, he was just overcome. He felt so much pain at killing the animals that it was just like Anna's. He had to build a kind of tough guy aesthetic about it. Yeah. Maybe that's what that meant, I but I wasn't clear. I, just, I also I just don't identify with the the gleeful killing of the, the pig in the net. I just think like that's that's not chill. Like yeah, wet and rub. It's whack to me, but um, but yeah, I also thought there were some interesting things that resonated. One was you know Anna's kind of um, sincere admiration of Mark Fisher. Uh, I know that uh, you Max have have talked about Max Fisher a lot. Uh, Mark Fisher. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's pretty funny to compare Anthony Bourdain and Mark Fisher. And like, to be quite honest, I was really surprised that Anna had such a uh, strong reaction to Anthony Bourdain's death. Because to me, he is just like, seems like a nice guy. I've watched a few segments uh, on the airplane. But Anthony Bourdain is the epitome of neoliberalism. Like, he is literally... On CNN, a white man going traveling, like yeah, showing the us the only be- good white man as a New York mag Beautiful. article about the only good white man. It's just wow. he, you know, you know, for like, and what's interesting is Mark Fisher's meme is just how late capitalism is so good at like devouring uh, and commodifying. Right. even strains of anti-capitalism like so effectively and I just think North Anthony Park. Bourdain is a perfect <laughs> right. example of that like yeah he's this cool person but he literally is work, working for CNN sitting yeah. with Obama eating noodles like right. it's just it was just really yeah, surprising I, that I, Anna I was, was just surprised was, about that too I, I think yeah he's like like he's kind of a normie icon and is he oh, even an icon? Like I actually or something. I, I don't know. I maybe maybe in his death he got certainly he got on le, like on our Twitter feeds he seems like an icon but also, I, what is do, the difference between no reservations and parts? It was know. just like he did one show. It was like the Travel Channel, and then he moved oh, okay. on to Got like it. CNN. But but I watched in the, the day of the death. I was like, oh, this sucks, and I feel like I didn't I didn't even watch that much. And I watched it, and it was like it was like fine. It was like a travel. It was like a white guy goes to different countries travel show, and like yeah, he was more woke about it. But it was fundamentally to me, it seems like people love Anthony Bourdain actually on a true like uh, basically because he's like a travel and food blogger and every millennial loves like travel and food. Uh, and, yeah. And they also, he's uh, just cause he's hot. They talk about, there's like a lot of like sexual attraction. That's part of it. Um, he's good looking. He sort of has this tough guy, whatever. Um, he sort of like has attitude about like Bill Maher and stuff that people find the Kissinger quote made him kind of like a darling to the left. But what I but find that's is the Mark Fisher meme. Like it's like, yeah, yeah he's criticizing yeah. Kissinger, but he's also On sitting CNN. with Obama. Right. And, and I also uh, I, I found the, the the clip of his last episode of No Reservations that they released, which was he's in like Hong Kong and he's sitting there like on a bench uh, writing in his journal, and it's like I. Uh, I am in Asia falling in love with Asia. Yeah. Like about his girlfriend. <laughs> and that was just so <laughs> dark. I can't believe they released it. It was like, it would just made him look like such a fucking beta cuck to know that he was like obsessed with this woman and then killed himself. Like, it and just, maybe she was cheating on him or they had an open relationship or something. Yeah, what? Well, Rose McGowan in her statement said, I'm sitting across from Asia right now and they had an open relationship. That, what if she completely made that if, up? If she completely uh, made that up, that's super I dark. Too. I also just find that like, to your point about like, it's surprising. Uh, 
that all of this stuff that people are reading as authentic there's literally enormous camera crews around at all times. Totally. And so I just don't think anything that is mediated through television can reach the level of authenticity that people are claiming or even close to it. Like I just know people have met people who are like TV personalities or whatever, and they all are lunatics I mean, and wear a bunch of this? makeup and are fake. And like, yeah. I just, I'm sure Anthony Bourdain was like, in many ways, an insufferable narcissist to do just to do what he does and to be. He admitted, by the way, actually, he's I, I read an interview with him. He was like, yeah, "You kind of have to be like an insufferable narcissist to be a TV personality." Yeah. Like I know I mean, that my personality off this podcast completely different. Completely different. <laughs> like you're getting the real deal here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we're pretty authentic. But yeah, it was sort of surprising that her sort of level one uh, grief about Anthony Bourdain and like I was just, I mean. Uh, Gary and I had like a bunch of texts. I started the text with uh, Andre on the Andre thread. Andre too was yeah. in mourning though. We couldn't. Andre share was actually too, <laughs> Andre's too sensitive. We couldn't do it. I took Andre uh, off the text and and uh, Gary and I started texting, just sharing screenshots of hilarious tweets about Anthony Bourdain and just people's sort of grief was just. I was just like astonished how. Should we uh, read a couple? Yeah, I mean, people were just deifying this guy. By the way, I did some research. I was just like, how popular was his show, really? Yeah. Because I just, it seems like the biggest deal. Like, literally, I go to CNN.com, and you know, the headline was bigger about Anthony Bourdain's death than, like, the North Korea Trump meeting right, or whatever. Right, right. I looked online. He had, his show basically averaged about, like, under a million viewers every episode. And just to put it in, in, in perspective, Roseanne has about 20 million uh, viewers wow. per episode. <laughs> so whatever. It's just, like, he was not even that popular, is what I'm saying. And, like, the way people reacted on social media was as if he was this, like, it may just be like, universally beloved yeah. cultural figure. He may have had more, even though he seems like he could cross the cultural divide, he just may have had more intense popularity and like sort of urban li liberals. Yeah. He's just, know, to me, he's circle. like, I'm not even knocking him. Like he does seem like, uh, you know, from the, from what I've seen, a sincere guy who's like suffered and like, you know, said some, you know, good things. I, I like his takedown of Bill Maher, for example. There's plenty to like about him, but just... When he died, and my immediate reaction was, uh, he was about to get me too. That was my initial thought. And then I realized, okay, wow, people are really upset. And I was thinking, at least Anna is going to come out with some like really mean takedown of Anthony Bourdain. And no, it's just the sincere, like you said, syrupy, like, whoa, Anna is just such a normie. Yeah. I love this was a viral tweet. We, yeah. we, I think there are literally hundreds of maudlin and self-centered tweets that we shared <laughs> about this. So this isn't even close to the best one, but I'm just scrolling in real time, but this was one that went kind of viral that said, honor Anthony Bourdain this weekend by skipping brunch, trying a new dish, and telling off a dictator. Oh my God. <laughs> Everybody's I, just so self Just one dynamic. It is amazing when celebrities die. Like literally everyone, like I saw this girl posted on Instagram. She's like, he... He was, I once edited a segment for Anthony Bourdain and I, I was going to do a whole episode, but now he's dead. It's like, what? The, yeah. the world doesn't sound fucking center around you. One dynamic on the podcast uh, was just I, it, like the kind of anti-Anthony Bourdain contrarian perspective that I was uh, looking for. 
uh, a little bit came from Dasha, I felt like, and like she, you know, was way more interested in bringing up Anna's tweet about being mean to him. Like she was more interested in delving into that. She's like, can I, should I read the tweet? And Anna's like, uh, if you want to, like Anna's feeling some shame about mm. having tweeted this thing, or that's what it seemed like to me. And Dasha's like, let me read it. Let me read it out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and by the end, Dasha is basically calling Anthony Bourdain, like a corny gen X rock and roller, you know? And <laughs> yeah. like, and I, and I was just like, Oh, thank God. Like someone is, you know, having that perspective as well. Like you can, you can be sad about his yeah, death and like think he's corny. Anna was chastened by Twitter drama and this sort of Anthony Bourdain, uh, backflip or whatever. And Dasha was like the, the resident contrarian because Dasha also, uh, professed her um, appreciation of David Foster Wallace twice on the podcast, which is like a (laughs) counter feminist thing to do. Like most women, like the classic female take online right now is like men reading David Foster, reading infinite jest on the train is like an archetype, like fedora level of, uh, of whatever. And so Dasha just is sort of casually saying like other like culturally sensitive people or really sensitive people like David Foster Wallace killing themselves. That was a big one. And then recently, too, like Mary Carr, I think, is the author who was David Foster Wallace's girlfriend for many years, who wrote, a piece, wrote a piece about how he was like a psychopath, abusive, oh, right, gosh, uh, right. physically abusive, stalking, like all that stuff. And Dasha's Dasha like, loves it. Yeah, he's a sens- sensitive guy, David Foster Wallace. Yeah. Um, uh, interesting. David Foster Wallace, you're canceled. I know you're dead, but you're still. <laughs> you, you can get canceled. But okay, if somebody can get a Medal of Honor posthumously, you can be canceled. Posthumously. You can be canceled. <laughs> Founding fathers, <laughs> you're all canceled. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, Martin Luther canceled. King Jr. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. He's, yeah. Red he's scare promoted. on Martin Luther King Jr. Do not I'm, talk I, about I, MLK Jr. I, I don't think that's a good idea at this stage of the podcast. Um, Dasha said August Ames was another Twitter-induced suicide, and Anna was like, who's that? And I was thinking, yep, we're going to round this up. I know, of course, know who who August Ames is. You guys, of course, don't know who August Ames is. I texted Andre's brother, who's obsessed with, like, porn star death. Uh, I was like, August Ames on the Red Scare. He's like, holy shit, I got all this. I forget it was in this episode or the premium episode about self-care where they say Dasha is the porn correspondent of Red Scare. So obviously Gary is the porn correspondent. We could have Andre's brother on. uh, Yeah. To be a yeah, he's also like pays attention. He yeah. like uh, has he's the all over it. in his head. Of, yeah, of this, is his beat. this is his yeah. beat. Yeah, um, uh, I loved that part where they're talking about the porn star who committed suicide, and and uh, like Dasha's like, I mean, you know, she she obviously suffered from depression, but like she took her own life after after her mentions were a goddamn mess. Like <laughs> this, this idea of a, 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 a like, Twitter Dasha is- saying like, her, the mentions is what. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> I mean, so funny. No, but it's like, it's like fucking cyberbullying. I mean, it, this shit's real. And I was like, Anthony Bourdain really stood out because he was like a critic uh, of capitalism and stuff. And, you know, all TV now is basically just people sucking and fucking in night vision. Amazing. Or they, and then they said, uh, sucking and fucking in night vision or uh, like presenting half-baked uh, racially inflammatory. Right, which is their podcast. That, that is, were they referencing themselves. Wait, what? I don't Finish the so. quote racially. Basically, uh, Gary said it. That's like all TV is bad now. It's all uh, sucking and fucking in night vision. And then they said, or uh, half baked, uh, racially inflammatory takes. Mm. And I was just wondering if that was uh, referencing Red Scare or they had some other. Or like because that's exactly how I describe some of their <laughs> takes. That was where uh, my mind went. Definitely was like that sounds a little bit like the the scare. 
Um, which and that would be really funny if they were referencing themselves. And then like, that was the second in a in a comma series where the the next part was like low stakes fighting to the death over like you know people just like going at each other and ruining each other over like 10k. And it's also funny to hear Anna and Dasha who are constantly claiming poverty. Right, that one. 10k is like equivalent yeah. to zero. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that. that was fascinating to me. Uh, um, there's a little bit of like. Uh, Meg, Dasha, like I feel like Meg and Dasha were kind of not getting along in this episode. Like um, Meg is saying like, I could never commit suicide because of my dog. And Dasha's like, well, no, you could. You could leave a note and like- <laughs> Someone would take care <laughs> of the dog. Someone would take care of the dog. Yeah. Also, is the dog's name Fran or Isis? Oh, I don't know. Mm. They refer to the know. dog as Fran in this I episode. I think it's Isis, because I feel like in the subreddit, people are like, if you listen to Comcon, you know the Isis backstory. Did they ask that we listen to all come down to the They gave specific reasons. Listen to all, all right. 191 episodes. No, but then didn't said, somebody curate? Said, uh, there's like, four that you All right, I'll listen to the four. I'll, I'll try to listening again. Well, I'm, I'll do like, it again. Like, why do we have to listen to come down? <laughs> this is about Red Scare. And it's like, it, it, but I do think it makes people <laughs> mad. I do think it makes people mad. <laughs> we need to do whatever on, on the Reddit, Reddit is that, that, like, we are literally. They going, want us to suffer like they suffered listening to all this come down. Um, Let's talk about that. How would they, how would you kill yourself was the thing. And Anna was like, I would take my cat with me, go into the garage. And, uh, and Dasha was clowning her. She was like, you don't have a car. What garage? A garage. Like, <laughs> yeah. The idea that you. Optimistic <laughs> fantasy of like being rich. <laughs> yeah. they like, you know, this aspirational suicide fantasy. <laughs> like one day I might have a garage yeah. and like. Actually it was a really nice like encapsulation of the three of them. That was funny. Like Anna taking the cat, having this sort of fantasy of being rich, like Elon Musk's garage suicide. And uh, Dasha has this sort of like, I'm in a gown, I wander into the sea drunkenly like wander into into the the ocean or or fall in front of a train. Wow, that's like a sort of romantic and then Meg's like, I couldn't commit suicide because I have a dog and it's like you've never thought about suicide. And I had the opposite take. I was just like, she's actually actually suicidal. No, but you mentioned earlier that Meg was really quiet at the beginning of the episode that Meg at the end of the episode says, you know, actually this uh, subject matter suicide is really difficult for me to talk about. Why is it difficult for her to talk about? Because she worked in a like children's psychiatric ward, which was kind of funny. I'm sure it's difficult for her to talk about for other reasons, but we've heard a little bit about Meg's like battling mental illness. Like on the last episode, Mm -hmm. she talks about her Ambien thing Mm -hmm. and like, uh, so I don't know. Anna and Dasha are kind of like flippant about this, the subject of suicide and Meg sitting there like freaking out maybe. And so, you know, her, her bringing up her dog is like an attempt to lighten well, the I mood. I mean, also I think like, I mean, Dasha mentioned like literally no one she's ever known has died. And Meg, I loved like, that. maybe one of the kids, you know, like people, it seems like Meg has, as she said, like has been dealt closer to death, many, dealt with things. And Anna's feel real father is dead. And right, so right. there was that, That's that was really poignant. Da- I loved that Dasha said that. She's like, can I tell you guys a secret? Like the tendency would be to brag about all the people in your life that have died. Yeah. Uh, and that's what sort of Meg does. She's like, well, I have a big family. There was a period there where like my grandparents were dying every second. Uh, but Dasha's like, no, I've never known anyone close to me that's died. Another beautiful part of that exchange was Meg was like, um, you know, I worked in the psychiatric ward. I know 10 years, it's really hard for me. This 10 year old schizophrenic and she's starting to tell this thing and Dasha just busts in. Like Meg has just started talking about this thing that's like sensitive. Totally. And Dasha says, do you want to know something crazy about me? Yeah. <laughs> just interrupts Meg to say, you want to know something and crazy? When, and me? when Meg is saying this subject is really hard for me to talk about and Meg and Dasha and Anna kind of interrupt her like, I'm obsessed with chaos. Like, and Anna's like, I love death. Um, 
going back a little bit, there was this Hannah Moskowitz thing, which Meg brought up, yeah. uh, which was a bad take about, about Kate Spade. Uh, and then uh, Anna, Anna says, how can a Jew be so stupid? Which <laughs> that was funny. And... Um, and uh, and then they talk about how they're going to kill themselves, and you know what's the Jewish suicide thing. And then J- Dasha keeps saying Judeo-Christian. <laughs> how would you guys uh, kill yourself? Did that make you think of it? Seems like pills the easiest way. Pills, but pills doesn't always work. I I think I love. I'm really attracted to the, and I always wonder why there's like forty thousand suicides. Like why people don't do more spectacles. And there are murder suicides. There's a lot of murder suicides. Um, there's obviously school shootings, but like. Why are people not doing the political suicide, political assassination suicide? Like, right. Uh, who, wait, who brought for, that up? Dasha brought that up, I think. Dasha brought up the political suicide. Yeah, Dasha the brought that up. Like, right, oh, like bo- why not the make best a by Steve Mnuchin or something? Right, right. Um, yeah, I wonder where the meme, like, Detonate the Vest came from. Or, was like, it Anna, Anna, Anna? Or was it Diana who started that? Was I don't Anna? know. Um, that was back to my point about like Meg and Dasha kind of like getting on each other's nerves. So it's like first, uh, uh, Meg says I couldn't commit suicide because of my dog. And Dasha's like, no, you could, you could just write a note like in your will, like who would take care of the dog. And then later Dasha's, you know, going off about her own suicide story and like how dramatic it would be. And Meg says, the thing about it is like, if you did that, nobody would care. Like the next day, no one would care. Like, and she's trying to make a point about like, which is true, like, you know, the news cycle or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> Dasha's is like, thanks, Meg. <laughs> yeah. We and would care. Dasha's is 27 and Anna was like, I'm not trying to like encourage you to commit suicide, but like, if you're going to so do it, now, funny. you're going to do it, you know, do now it now is the time. I like that too. She was like, she was like, I don't want Dasha to commit suicide. Uh, and I, I thought she was about to say, because I love her. And she's like, because we're running a really promising grift right now. <laughs> like the reason, the reason why she doesn't want her to commit suicide Anna is for the podcast. She's older. She said, I missed the suicide boat. Like I missed the birthright boat. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Imagine Anna. <laughs> she's at Masada. They like hand her like a laminated thing about like, why Jews are good. I would love to read like an Anna dispatch from birthright. Yeah, they should send her. Um, Meg also has a just a total non sequitur Meg take where she talks about Elon Musk meeting with Alex Jones oh, at one yeah. point, and it's just like, why are you bringing this up? I, and she said it was confusing. Trying to change the subject, she was, maybe. She was like, she was like, and he also said he met with Elon Musk, and it was like, are you saying Alex Jones said he Alex Jones met with or Elon Anthony Musk, Bourdain. or did Anthony Bourdain meet with Elon Musk? And I was just like, ugh, no, yeah. Another one of Meg's takes was like, they're like, who else, like, what are other deaths you guys were sad about? And Bowie and Prince. She says Bowie and Prince was just so, so boring. like boring, uh, you know, and then what does Dasha say? Some person in like some band that I never heard of. Oh yeah. I don't oh, yeah, even I remember. And then Anna says, uh, Oh, um, uh, boy, George. No, no George, uh, George, George Michael, Michael. George Michael. Boy George dead or alive? Alive, sadly. Alive, yeah. you're, you're sure? No. Um, yeah, George Michael is he was cute. But then they're talking about just who else you, they were upset by, and Meg is sort of like Freddie Mercury, and like no one <laughs> listens to her. And then, uh, and then Dasha says, "Yeah, that was really sad about George Michael," and she's like, "About Freddie Mercury? <laughs> <laughs> she and Borat love Freddie Mercury." <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Somehow Bono came up, speaking of music in this, Yeah, because right? they were trying to curse Anna as, like, the cursed Twitter, so she was going to oh, try to make... Gonna she was gonna, what she's going to go tweet about Bono, so, like, maybe he'll die in a couple days. Oh, my God. Meg talking about... She was, like, 6ix9ine is next. It's like, congrats for knowing Meg, who 6ix9ine Meg is, Meg. knew who 6ix9ine was and knew about the beef. I'll be like, sad. I'll be really Meg. sad. I've thought about this. I'll be really sad when Lil Wayne dies. Yeah, that will be sad. I love him. Yeah. Also, Meg sort of nervously bringing up Chelsea Handler was another thing. <laughs> uh, the thing that I was going to say... Um, oh, I kind of liked this, uh, that they... You know, they're having this like depressing conversation about suicide, but then um, Dasha shares this story of her walking down the street and thinking about David Foster Wallace and how much he would have enjoyed a Trump presidency. And I thought that was just like a, a nice sentiment to share. And she was just saying, it gave me pause because it was like, you know, you know, maybe you should try to stick it out and something retarded will happen. And like, and I was like, yeah, that's a really good philosophy. That's just like, you should try to stick it out because like something cool and retarded might happen. You never know what's going to happen. And yeah. that was a very hopeful, beautiful sentiment. And they were actually talking about wanting to hang around in the case of a nuclear apocalypse. And Meg was like, I feel like I would survive the nuclear apocalypse because there's like these, uh, there's, there's these nuclear reactors that are pretty close by. And Anna's like, you mean you would die because they're close by? And Meg's yeah. like, kind of, I mean, I think I'd survive like, and then they're like, and deal with like the radiation sickness or something. And Meg's like, it's like, why would you survive if there's nearby reactors? And Dash is like, you mean your face wouldn't melt off in a cool way? Right. You would just like get cancer. Dash like segued nicely, but that was a take that didn't make any sense. Like that was really weird and funny. Is, is the expression, he could get it in hell, a expression that you guys have he heard of get it is a, an expression yeah but i like anna says he, about anthony Bourdain. he, he could, he's a class was, act he could get were, it in hell Anna had a bunch of fantasies about afterlife sex like he could get in hell Suck at the beginning it. and then she was like maybe we can be in his maybe when we like ascend to heaven or go to hell like we can be in his harem in tony's harem and then she said um at the end, she did a sing-songy version of the fantasy where she said, oh, yeah. "She says, I hope I can die and go to heaven so I can suck his dick." Which is great. That too. was awesome. Oh man, a pretty awesome good. stuff, Anna. <laughs> awesome, awesome content. One cringe-worthy moment back to uh, the porn star who committed suicide was just Dasha saying, "Like, you know, this actress, she refused to have sex with a gay guy because of his very reasonable." Or like, I don't even know what she was saying, but she was no, basically, she was, she was he, like, she didn't want to have sex just, with a gay, a guy who had performed in gay porn because of the increased chances of, of getting HIV. HIV. But that was a sort of case where I was like, ah, Dasha, careful. Toe over the line, Dasha. Well, that's one of the, it's like, that, that's why people yeah. give, give them shit and say like, horseshoe theory like are they all left all right because that's the cla that's the kind of classic thing where like the alt-right is sort of like like we're just the tough truth tellers like yeah you know the the, mm -hmm. the rates are higher it's like no we're trying to like help the situation and like saying shit like that is not good and or true like by the way not to make gary fall asleep but the alt-right is also saying there's a difference between descriptive and evaluative like we're just <laughs> saying it what it is <laughs> <sighs> Why do you hate that? I just, it's not interesting. No, I to think me. it's a good point. It's, it's not interesting point. at all. Um, well, <laughs> oh, we forgot one, one important thing. They were talking about Jewish suicide and they're like, go Google that Meg or whatever. And then Meg, I think said, 
um, which is, you know, interesting about, you know, Jews and abortion, which is that, you know, Jews, Jews say that life begins at first breath, which is why Jews are not so anti-abortion. Um, it's a way of kind of formulating that. And then Anna says, life begins at first anal. <laughs> yeah, that didn't get enough love. That was a really funny comment. Yeah. So I feel like Anna started off the show by saying no lols, no hot takes, but then, you know, you get a little ways into the recording and you get lots of, lots of lols, lots of hot takes, lots of Russian accent. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Um, who do we want to curse with our outro? At the end, they're like, Adam, yeah. come back. Yeah. Loved that. Congratulations to Kenyon's graduating class of 2005. There are these two young fish swimming along, and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way, who nods at them and says, morning, boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit, and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, what the hell is water? <laughs> this is a standard requirement of US commencement speeches, the deployment of didactic little parable-ish stories. The story thing turns out to be one of the better, less bullshitty conventions of the genre. But if you're worried that I plan to present myself here as the wise older fish explaining what water is to you younger fish, please don't be. I am not the wise old fish. 